on. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. Shavuot uh, Tov. We are starting Be'ezrat Hashem, uh, Volume 12, which is sponsored in the name of the Lepavacher uh, Rebbe, Rav Menachem Mendel Schneerson Zatzal. And the topic of Volume 12 mainly focuses on the end of Tefillah, focusing on Kriyat Torah, Tefillah, Uvalation, and a few other topics um, that deal with Kedushat Beit HaKneset. Um, selling a shul, etc. All of that is going to be dealt with in our uh, volume 12. So let's jump into it straight away with the laws of Kriyata Torah. So when we're looking at the laws of Kriyata Torah, we first need to understand where does the obligation to read the Torah come from? And we have a famous passage in Masechet Bovakama, Peibet, that says the following, Asara Takanot Tikein Ezra. There were 10 institutions or ordinances that Ezra HaSofer instituted. And one of them is that we read the Torah on Shabbat afternoon, and also Monday and Thursday. And we also set up Beit in for Mondays and Thursdays. And you Korin Kranot. And, and furthermore, that we should read on Shabbos afternoon, <clears throat> not just Shabbos morning, for those people who are not going to be able to get to shul <clears throat> during the week. Did Ezra institute that we read the Torah on Monday and Thursday? This was a, a early takana. The tiny we've learned in a brighter. The Torah describes that Am Israel, when we left Egypt, we went for three days in the desert without water. They didn't find water. Now, this is interesting, this uh, phrase of those who are able to understand the, uh, the, the lists. Um, or the, the verses in a metaphorical under, uh, manner explain. Ein maim ele Torah was referring to water, is referring to Torah. Anyone who is thirsty, go for go to water and the many songs uh, that are sung from these psukim in Yeshayahu. But basically, here we know that Torah is water, water is Torah. So Moshe Rabbeinu instituted that we have to read the uh, Kriyata Torah. So why does the Gemara assume that it was Ezra Sofer a thousand years later or even longer? So says the Gemara, no. We'll skip that part, just go to the end. So us answers the Gemara, Meikara. Originally, Tiknu Chad Gabra Betlata Psuke. In the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, and, and by the way, the different Girsawat, whether Moshe Rabbeinu instituted or the Nevi'im, the prophets in the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu instituted, we'll see the Rambam in a slightly different Girsawat. In any event, it all happens in the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, explains the Gemara. In the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, 
the institution was one person would get an aliyah and he would only read three psukim inami or tlata gavre tlata psuke. Three people would get an aliyah and each one sachakol and, and uh, <clears throat> would read one verse, i.e. sachakol three psukim, koanim levim v'yisraelim. Atta who tikein tlata gavre v'asara psuke comes along Ezra and he instituted that there would be three people and sachakol in total, there would be 10 psukim. So now, basically, if we just take this Gemara, sorry, when, the, when, when Moshe Rabbeinu instituted the second option of three people, three psukim as three psukim each, but nevertheless, some, Ezra added a, 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 the, the 10th pasuk. But it comes out from this Gemara in Bovakama that the Takana seems to be a Dinda Rabbana. Let's see how the Rambam uh, writes this. The Rambam writes, Moshe Rabbeinu tikem lem li Israel, shu korin batorah berabim b'shabat b'sheni b'chamishi b'shachrit k'day shelo yishu shlosha yamim b'losh miyat zatorah. The Rambam says that explicitly Moshe Rabbeinu instituted Monday, Thursday, and Shabbos morning so that the Jewish people wouldn't go three days without Torah. The Ezra tikem sheyu Korin Cain Bemincha Bechol Shabbat Mishum Yoshpe Kranot. That Ezra instituted that they would read this also Shabbos afternoon for those people who are not going to come to Shul during the week. The Gambuti came to you, Korin Besheni Bechamishi Shoshabene Adam Veloyi Gru Pachot Measarab Sukim. And he also instituted that John Mondays and Thursdays we have three people get an aliyah and no less than 10 Sukim. However, the Yerushalmi quotes something different, and this is brought down by the Mishnah Berurah. Of Yerushalmi Ita, it's brought down in the Yerushalmi. Moshe tiken lem liYisrael sheyu korin b'Torah b'Shabbatot v'Yom Tov uveRosh Chodesh uveCholosh Moed. That Moshe Rabbeinu instituted that they would also read Torah readings on Shabbat and Yamin Tovim in Rosh Chodesh and Chol Moed. Now, what's not brought down over here, quoted by the Mishnah is that that Yerushalmi quotes a pasuk that Moshe Rabbeinu instituted, uh, or something like that, I can't remember exactly the pasuk, and that's going to be very important for the next source, because the simple reading that we've seen up until now is that Kriyat Torah is a rabbinic obligation, it's a very ancient rabbinic obligations, starting with Moshe Rabbeinu. However, it's a rabbinic obligation. But Rashi seems to imply the opposite. Rashi seems to say that Kriyata Torah is Mina Torah. And Rashi in Megillah Tetzayin is explaining the Machloket as to whether you can read the rest of the Torah in any language, as opposed to Kriyat Shema or not, that's a Machloket, Tanaim. And on that, and that machloket is based in psukim. So the opinion that says you can only read Kriyat has to be read in, in Hebrew as opposed to the rest of the Torah that can be read in any other language. The question is, when do we have to read the rest of the Torah? And Rashi seems to imply that according to that opinion, there is an obligation from the Torah to read the rest of the Torah. And this is how Toswat understood Rashi. Kola Torah that's Toswat quoting uh, the Gemara over there. Pirei Shakuntras. 
And Rashi explained, Shenitna likrot b'chol lashon sherotze likrot b'sefer Torah. That the rest of the Torah can be read in any language. Says Tosh, that's very difficult. Sharei kriyata Torah ena mina Torah elamid rabbanan. Tosh doesn't even give a proof. It's so clear to him, um, so clear to the Balea Toslot that the reading the Torah is only rabbinic. And he says, uh, it's very strange how Rashi formulated his writing, implying that Kriyata Torah is from the Torah. As we saw in the Gemari Masechet Bovakama, it's clearly Midrabanah. Levad mi Parshat Zachor, the Avedar except for other than Parshat Zachor, maybe the opinion is uh, Parshat Parah included, but basically, the institution of Kriyata Torah is Midrabanan, and that seems to be what we saw in the earlier Gemara in Masechet Bovakam. However, I did mention that the Yerushalmi, although it's only quoted briefly in the Mishnah with the language Moshe Tikkain, implying rabbinic, at the end of the Yerushalmi, it brings a Pasuk, and that Pasuk seems to imply that it's the writer. Um, and here comes the opinion of the Bach. The opinion of the Bach in Orachim Siman Tafresh Pehei, he says as follows, Ika litmoa nami. The Bach says Tosfot were astounded that Rashi implied that Kriyat HaTorah is Midoraita, and they said that cannot be. Kriyat HaTorah is clearly rabbinic. Tosfot says, I don't understand. To uh, the Bach says, I don't understand Tosfot. Ika litmoa nami, the Beperik Rube, right? Uh, that in Perik Merube, Amru Moshe Rabbeinu Alava Shalom Tiken Bamidbar Shu Korin Torah, Ela Sheba Ezra Vatiken Tlatov Yerushalmi. Nami ita Moshe tiken lem Israel sheyu korin b'Torah b'Shabbatot b'Yamim Tovim. So so far at this stage, he's saying everything's to be uh, it's all a takana u'bechol hashomoyet. But then it says sheneemar ba'edaber Moshe et moadei Hashem el bnei Yisrael, and that pasuk was brought also by the Rif in Masechet Megillah. Now that pasuk. Vaidaber Moshe et Moadeh Hashem el Bnei Yisrael seems to be, or a, a simple reading of the Yerushalmi is that it's not just an asmachta. It's not just a rabbinic uh, support for their takana, but it could be that really according to the Yerushalmi, this is a dindoraita. Now, one solution to this problem is that it's a machloka between the Babli and the Yerushalmi, according to the, the Talmud Babli, it's clearly a rabbinic institution. According to Yerushalmi, it's a Torah obligation. And we pass in like the rabbinic institution. However, the Bach didn't want to say that. The Bach wanted to say that it's really a dindorai. Says the Bach, all readings on Shabbat, and I think he means also Yom, Yom, Yamim Tovim, etc., are a Doraita. And that is the opinion of Rashi. That's a Pele, because uh, that's astounding, because um, we, we assume that Kriyat Torah is a Dindra Banan. Everyone knows it's an, a, a rabbinic institution. What, what the Bach is saying is that that's incorrect. And there's a fantastic article at the end of this year by Rav Nathaniel Weiler, 
where he puts it all together and he, he says, if you notice, there's actually isn't such a huge argument between the Babli and the Yerushalmi. We wanted to say that according to the Babli, it's clearly a rabbinic institution. According to the Yerushalmi, it's the Oraita. And there seems to be a contradiction. And, but that doesn't explain Rashi. Why would Rashi paskin like the Yerushalmi against the Babli? Explains Rab uh, Vaila. He says like this. He says, if you look very carefully, there are two separate disciplines. One is about Monday morning and Thursday morning and Shabbat afternoon. The other, the Yerushalmi talks about the readings on Shabbat and Yom Tov and Cholamoid and Rosh Chodesh. So it could be that there were two separate topics regarding the reading of the of the the Kriyata Torah of the Moed of the festival or in that matter for Shabbat. That is Doraita, and that's what the Yerushalmi was talking about. The Babli that was focusing on Monday and Thursday. That is the Rabbanan, and there's no argument. And therefore Rashi, when putting it all together, Rashi says there's no argument between the Babli and the Yerushalmi. There are certain parts of Kriyat Torah that are rabbinic, and there are certain times when it's Doraita. And those times are actually on Shabbat and Yontem. The only overlap that it seems that there really is a machloket is Shabbat morning. Shabbat morning, according to the Gemara in, in, this, in, in Bava Kama, it sounds like it's rabbinic. And according to the Yerushalmi, it sounds like it's Doraita. But everything else, we could really say there's no argument. Monday and Thursdays and Shabbos afternoon is rabbinic. Reading the, the Torah, uh, reading the, uh, the, the Kriyat Torah on the Chagim is Midoraita. The Machloket is about Shabbat morning. That's a very interesting way of this, of, of, of packaging this uh, this argument between the Babli and the Yerushalmi. As I said, according to the Bach, he paskins that Kriyat Torah is the Oraita, and he backs it up with the opinion of Rashi. However, let's read the next source, which is the Piskei Chubot. Can I, can I just ask, can I just ask, you got, there's no mention of Kriyat Torah on the Tanit. Correct. That's a later institution. Correct. It seems like Ezra didn't institute that. That everyone will agree is a Din de Rabbanan and, uh, and it's a later institution. Okay? Uh, so, according to the words of the Bach, the obligation to read the Torah, the, the, of, of Kriyat Torah on Shabbos and Yantav is actually from the Torah. For Moshe Rabbeinu instituted, and according to how he's explaining the, uh, the, the Bach, the Bach was saying, since Moshe Rabbeinu instituted it, it's got the din of a Doraita. I don't think that's the Pshat of the Bach. I think the Pshat of the Bach is, since the Torah made a Pasuk by the Ber Hashem, Et Moadeh Hashem, El Bnei Yisrael, it's got a din Doraita. Right? Um, but nevertheless, However way you want to understand the Bach, he's saying that the Bach holds that Kriyat Torah is Midoraita. Omnam, however, Shar Dolea Poskim Chalku Alav. 
all the other authorities argue with him. It's considered a regular takana, and therefore it's only got a din the Rabana. Now, this argument, whether Kriyatotara is a din the writer or whether Kriyatotara is a din the Rabana, might be very, very important for the next discussion, which will have a ramification as we decide. Because as we know, whenever you have a suffix, whether something is uh, a suffix, whether you need to do something or not, we have a general rule. Suffix doraita lechumra, suffix derabanan lekula. So we have a discussion. Is the reading of the Torah, the Kriyata Torah, a rabbinic obligation or a Torah obligation? We've seen different opinions. The ramification will come in the next uh, uh, part of the shear. Let's see uh, the next uh, part of the shear. Is the obligation to read, to hear Kriyata Torah? Is that an obligation on the community or is it an obligation on each individual? And we're going to see many, many ramifications of this discussion. For those of you who are in Chutz uh, Laaret, uh, this week's parsha is Parshat Matot. In the, for those, oh, sorry, this week's parsha is Matot Masai. I think it's a double parsha. Chutz uh, is finally catching up with Eretz Israel. But for those in Eretz Israel, it's Masai. Now, if someone came to Eretz Israel last week, they would have lost the parsha. They would have lost the parasha because uh, basically it wouldn't have gone from uh, parashat, uh, what was it, Pinchat. They would have heard Pinchas and then they would have come to Eretz Israel um, and then now they're going to hear Masai. They, they missed parashat Matot. So what do you do in such a situation? Well, it depends. If I say the obligation is on the individual, so I've got, I've got an individual obligation to hear the, the, the Torah reading, so I should try and get a minion together and, and, and read the Torah. If I say the obligation is a communal obligation, the fact that I missed the Pasha has no, uh, there's no obligation on myself to hear every Pasha. There's an obligation on the community to read every Pasha, which they did. Whether you were in Johannesburg or Teaneck, New Jersey, or in Yerushalayim, the Torah was read. So I don't have a problem. That is a discussion that we're going to see, and let's jump into it straight away with the first opinion that we found. The earliest opinion that is the source of this discussion is the Ra'avan. Ra'avan is basically a contemporary of Rashi, living in the uh, uh, early 1100s, and he was asked the following shayla. Sha'alani achi Rav Chezkia, uh, that uh, his brother, Asked in the following shaila. Hakoreba Torah, person gets an aniyah. Lama omer letzibur barachuet Hashem. When we get called up to the Torah, we say, barachuet Hashem amorach, and everyone answers, barach Hashem amorach lola. And there's this whole discussion between the person who gets the aliyah, he tells the community to bless Hashem, and they all bless Hashem. When we do our brachot, of kriyat, uh, brachot on, on the Torah in the morning, when we wake up, there's no there's no conversation. Well, there's no community, but you don't have a conversation with your wife, you know, bless the Hashem, nothing. Why is it that when we come to shul, 
and we do a, a public reading, all of a sudden, the person who gets an aliyah tells the community to bless Hashem. That was the question of Rav Chizkia, the Ravan's brother. And what was his answer? That Ezra instituted that they would read the Torah on Monday, Thursday, and Shabbat. And the person who is reading is fulfilling the obligation of the community when he reads on their behalf. That's why he tells the community, Hey guys. We all, you all have an obligation to, to read the Torah, just like me. Therefore, so you should also make a bracha before the Kriyata Torah, just like I am, and agree with my reading. And that's when we answer, it's almost as if we are giving permission for him to be motzias, and we are all obligated to read the, the, the Torah. And he says, and the source from this is already from we found in Masech Prachot when Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu has this idea. This is another way of saying that really everyone is obligated in Kriyata Torah. And, and, and we just want everyone to be, you know, accept upon themselves that one guy the person who got the Aliyah in the times of Chazal, the person who got the Aliyah was also the person who read the, read the, the, the Torah. He is fulfilling the obligation on behalf of every person. And this implies that the Ra'avan held that the obligation of Kriyata Torah is on the individual and not only on the community. Obviously, even the Ra'avan would agree that in order for a person an individual to fulfill his obligation, you need a minion, meaning the, the, there's an obligation for, for uh, there's certain conditions that need to be met in order for the obligation to take place, right? So uh, I've got an obligation to uh, put a mezuzah up, but there has to be certain conditions, meaning there has to be a, a, a mashkof, there has to be a, a bar, a, a crossbar at the top in order for me to, to be obligated. So that's a condition that then allows or, or that basically acts as a catalyst for me to, to my obligation to kick in. So to the rabbi is saying, the obligation is on the individual, but you need a minion in order for the, it's one of the conditions in order for the obligation to kick in. Okay. Or the, in order for the obligation to be fulfilled, uh, if I would say it more correctly. However, the Milchamot, the Ramban argues, and the Ramban is having a very, very heated debate. Uh, Milcha, uh, that's why his book is called Milchemet Hashem. Um, this, for those uh, uh, who have a bit of background, um, I'll just give a bit of background to the, the, the work called Milchemet Hashem. The Rif wrote a summary. Rabbein al-Fasi was the first real summary codifying the halachot of the Gemara. There were, the Bahag wrote something earlier, but the Rif really was kind of 
he took the entire Talmud Babli and he pretty much wrote a summarized version of the Babli where he basically only chose the parts where it was halachalamaisa. So it's still got many, it still looks like uh, Gemara for those who learn the rest, but it's shortened and it's more to the point where he comes to a conclusion. And the Balamaor was a very, and the riff was considered the Gadolador of the generation, comes along the Balamaor and he wrote a uh, argument on the riff. Basically, uh, explanation, commentary on the riff where he thought the riff got certain things wrong. Now, the, the Baal Ma'or was, if I'm not mistaken, he was 19 years old when he wrote his, uh, when he wrote that commentary on the Gadolador and often arguing with the Gadolador. So the Baal Ma'or had a lot of, uh, had big shoulders, but he also got a lot of people upset. And one of those people that he got upset was the Ramban. And the Ramban writes a book called Milchem Hashem to defend the Rif and his Piskeh against the Baal Ma'or. So we jump into this machloket. One of the machlokot that we're discussing is the machloket between the Baal Ma'or and the Ramban as to what is an obligated, what can you read the Megillah before, uh, before you dull it, let's say a person's leaving, um, does one need a minion or does one doesn't need a minion? Now, it, it, I'm not going to get into the whole discussion there, but let's just read over here. Amara Kotev says the Ramban, all of those things that were mentioned in the Mishnah, in Megillah, Birkat Torah, Kriyat Shema, and Birkat Kohanim, and other things, they are all obligations of the community, and they are only for those who are obligated because they are part of the community. The Baal Ma'oras proved that basically you don't need a minion is because Megillah was Megillah Tesser wasn't included in that list in that list, and the Ramban saying no, you still need a minion. The reason why it wasn't included in that list is because the other things the obligation is on the community, whereas reading the Megillah is an obligation on the individual, but you still need a minion as a condition in order to read it. So just to summarize, the Balamor holds the Megillah wasn't mentioned in that list, and therefore you don't need a minion to read it. Says the Ramban, no, 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 you got it wrong. You also need a minion to read the Megillah. But it was not mentioned in that list because the nature of the chiyu, the nature of the obligation is different. In all the other things mentioned that Mishnah, the obligation is on the community. You need a minion, obviously. But in Megillah, says the Ramban, the obligation is on the individual. But the, the um, sorry, but uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, but uh, sorry, but Megillah, the obligation is on the individual. It comes out from the Ramban's words that Kriyata Torah is an obligation on the community and not an obligation on the individual. He's arguing with how we understood the Rahavan. And this is a huge machloket, whether it's an obligation on the individual, as the Rahavan wanted to say, or it's Ban wanted to say. Now, Rav Moshe Sternbuch, 
writes in his Chuvot Banagot. He is asked the following shine. Yachid a person and he didn't hear all the words of the Balkore. Does he have to try and hear those words from somewhere else, etc.? We know with Megillat Esther, a person has to be very careful to hear every word. Does the same thing apply with regular Kriyatot Rapashat Masai? Do I have to make sure that I read hear every word? Explains the I've already proven somewhere else. There was a long time that a group of a community happened with him. refugees and Lot he tells according to the Arizal the obligation is On the an immunity that is not in place has not got an obligation. Ayen the Magen see the Magen Now this is interesting because the Shmuel was writing this, quoting the Arizal regarding a They were basically not, they didn't, have, they weren't happening in their shul, they were refugees, they were moving around. So there are two chidushim that Rab Shlil says here. Number one, Machlok the Rabban and the Ramban, we pass at least the reason that the obligation is not the individual. The chidush number two is even if an entire is wondering. They also don't have an obligation because they are not considered an ob a community regarding these these takanot. Now this is very important for cancelled shul in, in different places around the world. Um, so what happened to Torah? Even if you want to say that there's no obligation on the individual, maybe there's a, still an obligation on the community. And the community, whether your community in Lost the volume. Bye bye.
This could be a record day today before we lost the volume. We've lost the picture as well. Yep, we've lost the whole thing. I think, but I think this is a record. We've got to 34 minutes. Is it pretty clear? So that's, you know, that's... Can't, can't complain. That's, that's something. How was your simcha the other week? Oh, beautiful. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was because we saw these discarded beer bottles all over uh, the area. <laughs> okay, picture's back. But it's on mute. It's obviously something in the uh, building doesn't like us. Everybody back home in England has been complaining about the weather. I said, at least it's consistent here. Hot. Still not quite as hot as, as it has been in London and Manchester. No, but it, it was only for a couple of days and then it sort of dispersed. We haven't had the hundreds, but we're still maintaining a steady 90 something. Yeah. yeah. But Leeds went back to on Friday. The cricket was rained off on Friday. <laughs> so normal service had been resumed. Had been resumed, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> it's such a shame when this keeps happening. I'm afraid I'm not very technical. I don't know if there's an answer to this with the uh, internet and the building they use. Where, where is he? Where is he doing it from? I don't know. I'm get. I'm guessing Yerushalayim, the the Israeli offices. I'm guessing. Yeah. Surba, there is a Surba place actually in Yad Binyamin. Yeah. So it could be from there, which is literally about five minutes walk from Rabbi, Rabbi Doron's house. Or it's Yerushalayim. I don't know. Okay, picture back. Thing... Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really okay. sorry about Yeah, we hear you now. We're going we're gonna to try one more time. Um... I can hear you and I can see you. Yeah, okay. Got... So, so, okay, so we saw point to Rav Sternbuch two chidushim. Number one, he paskins it's the chobah, the obligation is on the community, and a community that is in disarray, that is exiled, that obligation isn't even on the community, which has ramifications for uh, Corona. However, let's see the opinion of uh, Rav Soloveitch. Let's read Rav Shechta in Hilchot. He wrote a book on, on, on Hilchot Tvila. He says as follows. There were occasions when Rav Soloveitchik would travel to New York from Boston on Monday morning and was unable to hear Kriyat HaTorah before he left. After he finished delivering his shir, he would ask whether there was anyone else who had not heard Kriyat HaTorah that morning and he would make a minion for Mincha that including today's Kriyat HaTorah. The Rav's practice of fulfilling Kriyat HaTorah late in the day was based on the position of his grandfather. Rav Chaim Briska, that Kriya Torah is not a Chobasa Tzibur, an obligation on the community, 
but uh, does not obligate the individual. Instead, Rav Chaim held, is chovas hayachid. It's an obligation on the individual, an obligation incumbent on every individual with the caveat that it can be fulfilled only in the presence of a minion. Now, I experienced this uh, personally with the Talmud Muvak of Rav Salavechik, and that was Rav Lichtenstein's Talmud, or even Rabbi Rav Lichtenstein, when he would come back from Chutzaret, depending on the year, he would fly back and he would have missed the parasha. And so what we would do in the yeshiva, after, after, after tefillah, he would ask 10 uh, uh, bachorim to stay behind and he would read, we would do a catch up of the parasha of last week because in Chutzlaret, as it is right now, someone who would have um, gone two weeks ago from Chutzlaret to Eretz Yisrael would have lost the parasha, would have lost the parasha. So that's what he would do. And it's based on his, uh, his Rav, Rav Soloveitchik. And Rav Soloveitchik is, is basing it of Rav Chaim um, of, uh, of Brisk. So he, let's just finish this part. Rav Chaim, Rav Soloveitchik recounted that once in his youth, he traveled from Puzan to Brisk to visit his grandfather, Rav Chaim. Before he left, his maternal grandfather, Rav Eliyahu Feinstein, who was... I think also the maternal grandfather of, uh, or the, the paternal grandfather of Rav Moshe Feinstein, they were close, uh, showed him a comment of the Ramban that seems to say explicitly that Kriyata Torah is only a Chovat Hatzibur. What we just saw now, Nachon, not a Chovat Sayachid, against the view of Rav Chaim. Rav Feinstein asked his grandson to show the other grandfather. Rav Chaim examined the Ramban and explains his words in a different way, and according to which the Ramban actually supported his opinion. So, however, we interpreted, interpreted the Ramban, saying that according to the Ramban, it seems to be a Tzachovat Tzibur. Rav Chaim said, no, that's not the correct understanding of the Ramban. And later, Rav Eliyahu Prusner remarked that Rav Chaim was able to interpret the simple meaning of the Ramban because of his Ivrit. Okay. Interestingly enough, the other grandson, I'm not sure if they grand if he was a co-grandson, but Rav Moshe Feinstein seems to argue with his grandfather and he takes the side of Rav Chaim. There's Rav, uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein in Igrot Moshe Arachaim, Pelek Dalet, Siman Chafkimel. The Dvar Kriyata Torah Vadai Shetzarich Kol Adam Lishmoa Kol Akriya Shelo Yechsar Lo Afte Vachat Shelo Shama. Rav Feinstein is very, very machmir that we each have to hear every word. But if it's only three psukim, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. I ain't pochatin megimu psukim, because it's not, you can't have a kriya less than three psukim. Unless than that, you have a kriya. You just read two psukim, you haven't fulfilled the obligation. But, but more than that, if you fold, if you heard more than three psukim, you're good to go. 
but your regular Shabbos morning now you have to hear seven aliyot. And he said, okay, but maybe even each seven uh, olim, if you just re- hear the first three psukim of each aliyah, you would be good to go. Nevertheless, but now he's skipping. Because how much more so if he missed an entire pasuk? And then you would be missing completing the, the Torah, the entire Torah, once a year. He said, even though theoretically the community should go back, but we're not going to be uh, troubled the community, but really the God didn't fulfill his obligation. There's a group of people that didn't hear it properly. They, after the tefillah, should go back and read the Torah with the bracha. And then he says, look, we can't start making people go back every time, and therefore you have to be very, very careful to listen to every word of the Kriyata Torah. So here is our second ramification. According to Rav, um, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, basically there's an obligation on each individual to hear every word. If I say that the obligation is on the community, obviously that doesn't necessarily make sense. Right? And that's what Rav Sternbuch was saying, that since obligation is a communal one, if you didn't hear Nishkafach, okay, you should try, but if you didn't, not the end of the world. Okay, so that is a machloket that we have. As I, I said, majority of poskim hold that the obligation is on the community and not on the tzibur. Thank God. And that makes uh, many of our lives a lot easier. If we miss a word, if we miss a parasha, if we're traveling, not the end of the world, the obligation is more on the community than it is on the individual. Now, okay, I'm just going to skip this uh, um, proof of Shlomazam and Orbach because he actually puts it down. So let's just go to the, let's go to the second proof of Shlomazam and Orbach. Um, the, the Rambam says, I'll just give a background. The Rambam says that the last eight psukim of the Torah can be read um, without a minyan. Since it was, uh, um, since it was after Moshe Rabbeinu's death, even though Moshe Rabbeinu wrote it, but it's got a different level and therefore can be read even without a minyan. says, Although you don't need 10 people for these for these last eight psukim, I don't understand, says If the main focus of the obligation is on the community and you don't have a minion. So why are you reading? How could it be 
that you're allowed to say a bracha, Birkat Torah, without a minion. How does that work? And from here, from Zalman Orbach wanted to prove that perhaps according to the Rambam, the obligation is on the individual and not on the community. However, Abzvi Reisman in his Ratzkatvi says, Ulam li yesh li He says, it's not a good proof. Why? This is a unique obligation on, on the last day took him. Don't bring me a proof from the last day took him because they have completely different rules completely to the rest of the obligation of Kriyat Torah. And therefore you cannot bring me a proof which Rav Shlomo Zamarabach seemed to imply that it's an obligation on the individual, says Rav Reisman, that isn't any, that isn't indicative on the obligation of Kriyat Torah in general. Okay, so this is a fascinating discussion, whether it's an obligation on the individual or an obligation on the, on the Yachid. We saw Machloket, on the, on the one hand, the simple understanding is the Ramban holds it's an obligation on the Tzibor, the Rahaban holds it's an obligation on the individual, Rav Chaim, although most poskim say it's an obligation on the Sibur, there were those that were machmir. Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Chaim of Brisk, and Rav Soloveitchik. Okay. What about women? Are women required to hear Kriyat Torah? So let's see what the Magen Abraham writes over here. Mashma Mikan, di shachayemet lishmoa Kriyat Torah. Right? Um, it sounds from here <coughs> that a woman are obligated to hear the Torah on Shabbat, just as men are. However, and even though the whole idea of Kriyata Torah in its essence was connected to the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, of learning Torah, and women are not obligated in Talmud Torah, at least not an obligation like men, Nevertheless, there is, an op- there is a mitzvah to hear it. That women have an obligation to come and hear the words of Torah being read during hakel. But he says in his town, in the Magen Abraham's town, the minag was for women to leave the, the shul during Kriyat Torah. He's not sure why. But basically, he says, according to him, he thinks that they do have an obligation. However, says Aruch HaShulchan, V'nir Eli Delav Chiyuv Gamor. Now, it's not a real obligation. Furthermore, this is clearly time-bound. It has to be Shabbos morning. It has to be Yontif morning. And you cannot compare it to the midst of HaKel, because there shetziv taha Torah hakel etam, there the Torah and the men and the women and the children. There was an obligation once in seven years. Where the king would read the Mishne Torah that which would cause us uh, to uh, uh, to Musa kind of words, right? To 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 conquer us. 
אבל שנאמר שמחויבת בכל שבת בקריאת התורה, ודאי הוא מילתא דצמיח. The fact that the Magen Avram said that a woman is obligated every Shabbat to hear Kriyat Torah is astounding. And just go out every day, we can prove it. And even generally, they can't even hear. So says Aruch HaShulchan, it is clear um, that women are not obligated to hear the Torah. It's no mitzvah. However, Shechta points out, even those who argue with the opinion of the Magen Avraham, says it's not a mitzvah, if they did come to Shul, they would still fulfill the mitzvah as an enormous. Do you want to give the share, Izzy? I would have had the safer. <laughs> okay. Machshava Kamal, sir. Okay. You get a point. It's just it's a shame with it. Where, where, where do you pick your safer up from where you buy one? Uh, get it in the post. Uh -huh. I'm just around the corner from the office. All oh, right. Well, if you'd like to pick it up and deliver it over to uh, Ramat Bay Shemesh, you'll be most welcome to a cup of Yorkshire cup of tea. However bad the posted, I think that uh, my chances are <coughs> going to Ramat Bay Shemesh are pretty slim in the next few weeks, for one okay. reason or another. <laughs> well, there's a cup of tea waiting when you eventually wind your way That's there. Nice to know. English tea. Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea, yeah. We, we're still on Typhoon. Typhoon. I have to drink so much blooming water that, in fact, uh, I used to have loads of cups of tea every day. I hardly have any now because I have loads of water, so it didn't go down. Um, I'm addicted to tea. Yeah. yeah? Bags or powder? Bags or leaves? No, the tea bags. Yeah. My, cousin, <laughs> my cousin, who's been here, I don't know, 40 years probably now, He's still addicted to Sainsbury's red label tea leaves. And anybody who has to bring him his red label, that he has to put in the teapot and pour through the strainer. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, tea, tea bags are the only thing we now bring back when we come from England. 
Well, my daughter's made peace with it. She said that I made Aliyah. If someone wants to bring me tea bears, come through the Tova. If not, I'll buy with Sotsky. I live in Israel. That's it. End of. Uh, before, when I remarried to Susan, she wouldn't drink the Vysotsky. I'd got used to two tea bags of Vysotsky with each cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's what it is. Uh, people who obviously keep saying, obviously, you've been here a lot longer. What do we miss? And the answer is nothing. We used to miss uh, smoked salmon, but then Susan found a source of smoked salmon, which is excellent. So we don't bother with that anymore either. And there's a guy, a South African guy in Renano called Dennis. Have you come across him? He does the most incredible uh, chopped fried fish balls. So we don't miss those anymore. <laughs> How do you get those? <laughs> well, he delivers them, actually. He delivers them to Natanya and he delivers to Schleim as well. That might be of interest. That's the one thing we, we haven't been successful in finding any chopped fish to fry. Ah, well, he also does um, sweet and sour chopped herring, which is excellent. You know, the good old-fashioned chopped herring. He's South African. The South Africans know how to do the, their fishes. Well, our, our neighbour in the um, block next door, I me, mean, she makes the chopped herring. So, it's literally... uh, what's her name? I think Ricky buys from there. Her name Sorry. is Margaret. Margaret, Margaret, that's the one. Yeah, she does it. Yeah. 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 Well, she lives. She lives. She lives next door. Next door block. So that's how we get our chopped herring. Uh, another South African who does the pickled herring, and the herrings in the mayonnaise. Work, but that's not as good, I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't look like we're going to hear the end of this year. I suspect not. I'd be interested in the details of the uh, uh, fried, uh, chopped and fried man. See if he does. Okay. You've got yeah. my email, you've got my um, WhatsApp. Have I? I must have you on. Yeah, of course I have, because I see it on the thing. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if he does a delivery to uh, Bed Shemesh, but you never know. One, one, one can but ask. Yeah. Okay. I'll just stand on the main road and sort of wave him down. You know. <laughs> All right. Listen, be well. Have a good week. I think. All uh, right. Uh, I think we shall. In the words of Jeffrey Boyd, I think we're going to declare this innings. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Rain stop play. Absolutely. Big as in. Uh, and bye. you too. Call to I'm bye. going to leave bye. now. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.